This podcast is brought to you by Bruner Communications, your best resource for public speaking, presentation, and storytelling skills. Visit lizbruner.com and take your skills to the next level. From secretary to number one New York Times bestselling author to president of the first billion dollar publishing empire, my guest today is living her best life, but only because she's finally giving herself permission to do so. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Live Your Best Life with Liz Bruner. I'm Liz, and my guest is Patty Aubrey, the president of the Jack Canfield Training Group, as in the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. And while Patty's name may not be as familiar yet as her boss's, she's played a huge role in the series' success. Patty, I am so honored to have you as my guest today. Thank you very much for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me. My pleasure. For 18 years, you were publishing and writing more than 230 different titles under the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, co-authoring 14 of them, elevating you to a best-selling author. And now, your latest book, maybe it's the most personal one yet, Permission Granted, Discover How Life Changes When You Give Yourself Permission. Why did you feel compelled to write this book? Honestly? Yes. (laughs) Because I was pissed off at the world. Um, (laughs) That's a good reason. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think, well, for two reasons. I mean, that book was probably one of the most personal, but the first most personal book that I ever wrote was my first book called Chicken Soup for the Surviving Soul. Yes. My mom was diagnosed at 54 with breast cancer. And so my sister, who was kind of my, she was kind of a, just a temporary for me at the time, said, why don't we write a book for mom? And so she kind of sparked this idea. And I said, no, why would Jack ever let me write a book when I work here? And she said, because silly, the two of you invented this whole thing together. There was nobody else here but you. Right. And so I finally got up the guts to do it. And so I did. And my mom lived for 17 more years. And then she passed away. And she basically said to me, you know, I didn't raise a daughter to be invisible. It's time for you to show up, speak up and be seen. Mm-hmm. The two of you built this empire together. She said, I want you to promise me. And so I did. And so that was sort of the beginning of my coming out party, I guess you would say. That was sort of when I started to look at, well, if I were to give myself permission to be more visible, what would I do differently? And I would have taken a lot more credit. I would have asked for a lot more things. I did 14 books. It was great. It's all good. My life is wonderful. I really did discount myself Mm -hmm. and I compared myself to Jack. I compared myself to Mark. And I made everything else more important than even my own projects. I, I would be marketing somebody else's project more than my own. And so I really had to kind of take a massive inventory of where have I really not been showing up for me. Mm-hmm. And it got to a point, you know, you get to like 50 and you have a certain <laughs> kind of bucket list. It doesn't start with a B. And <laughs> I got to that place and I'm like, I am granting myself permission to be whatever I want to be. Jack's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. He actually pulled off the freeway. We were in the car together. He's like, what do we need to talk about here? And I was very frustrated at the time with just our lack of communication and the way we were working together. And he was like, Patty, if you know any man on the planet that is a mind reader, send him my way. I will study him head to toe. Otherwise, you have to ask for what you want. Mm-hmm. You have to give yourself permission to just say what's on your mind. And it was just a whole interesting beginning of a new journey after, gosh, like already 25 years. We've been working together 32 years. Wow. That's amazing. And we haven't killed each other. Yet. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're past the fight time. (laughs) Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. So this book comes together and it's, it's really wonderful. There are 20 empowering women's stories 
who Mm -hmm. have given themselves permission to go after their dreams and be their authentic selves. And yet, I think you would agree that giving ourselves permission is so damned hard. It was even a challenge for you. Why why is it so hard for us to give ourselves permission? I think it's in our DNA. I mean, I'm sure a scientist could answer that scientifically. (laughs) I know that you know, they did that study with the sheep or whatever it was where they had that electric fence around them and for yeah. seven generations, the sheep didn't leave that. And so I think it's just really reprogramming our internal time clock at some mm-hmm. level and then intentionally living each day knowing that you're going to give yourself a little bit more permission, whether it's telling your husband, no, I don't want to do that or saying I need support or at work having a crucial conversation, whatever it is. It's just learning how to be more present in the moment and doing it with intention. And I always say, and grace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in the beginning, it's not graceful. And it wasn't for me. Yeah. But yeah. I, I see it every day. I see it with top executive women in Fortune 100 companies who don't delegate the way they should, who don't have a housekeeper, who don't have anybody helping them with their kids. And it's insane. Yeah. And so for me, I kind of grew up building a business. And right when Chicken Soup took off, I found out I was pregnant with my first son mm-hmm. and I was so freaked out. And my husband thought, Oh, this is so great. You're going to stay home now. And, <laughs> and I said, what, wait a second. I have been working for two bucks an hour for five years, starving, eating top ramen. There is no way I'm stopping now. And he was like, what? So I had to give myself permission to be a working mom, to mm. be judged by a lot of the other women in my neighborhood. I live in a nice neighborhood where most of the moms didn't work. Mm-hmm. I had to give myself permission to hire a nanny. And then I actually had to give myself permission to be present wherever I was. Yeah. Because when I was at work, I felt like I should be at home. And was, when I was at home, I felt like I should be at work. Now that typical and mommy guilt, right? Making. Yeah. Oh, it was horrible. Yeah. It was really horrible. So it, it, it's something that I think we master over time and it takes practice just like anything else does. Mm-hmm. Let's go back in time to 1989. You needed a job. And at the time, you really didn't know what you wanted to do. You really didn't have a passion. You didn't know what your purpose was. And you answered an ad for someone looking for a secretary. Take us through that journey because it's quite an interesting story. (laughs) Well, I always said to my father the entire time I was growing up, I don't need to take typing. My secretary will do that for me. And my dad said, any daughter of mine is going to learn to type because he was a typist in the army. Oh, okay. And so, of course, he won the argument. (laughs) <laughs> I go to school, I'm in San Diego and I, I'm down in school and I go meet some guy from New Jersey, end up moving in with him, getting married way too soon. And we moved to Santa Barbara on a fluke because he was in the tech world. I took on this tech job as well, which I hated every minute of it. In fact, <laughs> I was the lowest person on the totem pole at this tech. Uh, it was awful. It was run by a couple men that were very traditional and women were seen and not heard. And that didn't really work for me, mm-hmm. as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. I, w- I was in HR a lot. Let's just put it that way. Doesn't work for me either, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> and so my boss that I really loved, which is the only reason why I took the job, said, hey, I'm leaving to be a Buckminster Fuller trainer. You should come to this weekend workshop. And it was like $297. And you know, I was making probably $1,400 a month. And I thought, there's no way I can do this. But he convinced me. It was the old school, hardcore pressure on got to go to a workshop. Okay. It was the first time I'd ever done anything like that. So I went and I set a goal to make 25000 a year. It was really all about you get what you focus on, this whole workshop. And so when I was looking through the paper, once I decided to, he left and so I quit. And I moved back to LA 
and I saw this ad, but I saw first 25,000 a year. And then I saw, oh, it says secretary. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to let that go for a minute and focus on what I want. I want to make the 25,000. And I never believed I could. How could I set a goal in July and by September actually manifest it? Hmm. Law of attraction sounds like to me. Right? <laughs> Before the secret. Who Before knew? the secret. Exactly. And, and so I went in and I interviewed with this guy who looked like Howdy Doody and, you know, had brown hair and freckles. And it was this little, it was a little tiny townhouse with red carpet and poopery and incense burning. I'm like, this is so weird. And they were teaching self-esteem in the classroom, which they couldn't explain if, if, if their life depended on I'm like, I still don't know what these people do, but okay. <laughs> and P.S. who goes to someone's home for a job interview? That's like rule number one, never do that. So I went, it turned out to be Jack and his ex-wife, Georgia. I didn't get the job. In the I remember leaving that night. I said to a couple of my friends, yeah, I interviewed this guy in the Palisades and it's kind of interesting. They're like, Jack Campbell, I've heard he's really cool. Of course, and I really wanted it. Now I have FOMO. And he called and said, you know, we're going to go with someone else that's a little bit older and has more experience in the hotel industry. And I said, well, coming from HR, don't ever use the word older again, but okay, fine. Thank you. Because <laughs> that was sort of my background. And he called a couple months later, or maybe even a month later and said, you know what? We made a mistake. I really can't get you out of my head. I think you should come and talk to me. And I said, okay, well, I can, but it's going to cost you 30 because I just, and I'd literally just gotten promoted the day before they had fired my boss the day before. And I didn't really like that job, but it was, it was more than I thought I would get. He said, okay. And so I went in to meet with him and he didn't blink. I thought, well, he's easy and he's nice and he's willing to pay 30. Maybe someday it'll be 300. Maybe the next day it'll be 3 million. Who knows? And so I just kind of came in and he literally said, okay, I got to go on the road for two weeks and here's everything. And just kind of plopped it on my desk, which for me was a dream because I cannot stand micromanaging. I just got to look at everything and see all the things that were wrong. And I, I looked at all the bills and we're paying all this money to write code for this computer that's ancient. And I can network my own Macs and do X, Y, and Z and save this much money. And so I just started making all these executive decisions wow. and he came home like, Hey, by the way, you have a laser printer and you have this, but I saved this much money. And so I said, and I want to be vice president of operations. He's like, you got it. Wow. And so ended up becoming that of the Campfield group. And then chicken soup happened very soon after that just kind of changed everything. Sure. I do have one question, though, because I think I read somewhere, I want to get clarity on this, that while you were considering the job with Jack, didn't a friend of yours tell you about a car dealership job and they were going to offer you $100,000 a year and you chose to go with Jack? Is that accurate? That's true. My best friend owns a lot of auto dealerships and she said, just come and work in finance. You can sell anything and you'll make 100 plus a year. And I, I don't know. Intuitively, I just felt like it wasn't the right environment. I had worked there when I was in high school. I answered the switchboard. I knew all the salespeople. I knew the owners. But for some reason, I just decided to follow my instinct. And I said yes to Jack. And I wasn't into self-help. I did the one workshop. And I used to say to him all the time, like, we need to raise your fees. And he would say, no, you know, I'm in this to make a difference. I'm like, great, I'm in it to make money. So together we'll be better. <laughs> and so I said, so just call me shallow, whatever it is. But I want to make some money. And P.S., we're no longer selling self-esteem in the classroom. I can't sell someone's self-esteem. We need to change the name. We'll change it to 10 Steps to Success. He's like, but that's not what I do. I said, it is what you do. Just trust me on this. So wow. those were the early days of kind of discovering who was in charge of what. That would have changed my life. It would not be anything like it is today. A hundred percent. 
And I think it's it's fair to say that you have been that chief rainmaker for the Jack Canfield Training Group. You've overseen the growth of this first billion-dollar publishing brand. You've been creating multimillion-dollar training programs. So much success, Patty. And yet, you were behind the scenes, and many people never even knew you existed. How much did that contribute to your own admitted fears of imposter syndrome? It was huge. For me, the only way I would really get seen was at one of the workshops that we were doing you know, whether it was Breakthrough to Success with Jack or we were training trainers or whatever it might be, for me to even be on the stage, it was like almost traumatizing for him because he has so much that he wants to share. He's like, you don't understand. I have so much I want to do. I don't have time for you. So in my mind, he's saying, you're a terrible speaker. You don't have anything to share. Mm -hmm. You're not good enough. Mm -hmm. That was the story I told myself over and over and over until one day I didn't. And he said, you know, make some time for yourself and like run some workshops on your own. I want you to, I don't want you to leave and I don't want you to feel not included. I mean, we've been partners for years and I can't even get all my information in. And Jack is so brilliant that he's like a, you know, he could go through a firestorm and remember every moment of every single thing and everything that burned and every book that he read while walking through it. You know, yeah. he's just, he's like a genius where I'm not that quick that way. And I was a little upset, but I decided to run at my first 25K mastermind group and when the word got out, because people had kind of seen me just networking and talking and solving people's problems. I filled it in two weeks and, wow. and he called and he said, this is really great, but where's the money? I said, it's in my bank account. You told me to do something on my own. <laughs> he was like, okay, we need to make some changes here. You need to be on this stage. You know, what's interesting is he was giving you permission, mm-hmm. but it took you a long time to give yourself permission. That's the biggest factor. Absolutely. And that is the biggest thing. This whole mission is not about men, you know, aren't wrong. It's that we create stories that don't support our future. Right. If we're going to make it up anyway, make up something that will support you going in the direction of your dreams. I've heard you speak about regrets, for example, that you should have probably asked for more royalties from the Chicken Soup series <laughs> and that women need to give themselves permission. And I love this. You say we need to give ourselves permission to be high maintenance and ask for what we want. We don't want to be labeled high maintenance. How do you get over that? <laughs> but men love high maintenance. Yeah, they do. And Jack said that to me at one point. He's like, you don't have any problems. You don't need to be fixed. You don't need me for anything. I need to be needed. Uh, I was like, oh my gosh. So women write the book, what to expect when you say I do to anybody, whether it be your husband or your business partner or anything else, and ask for what you want. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's crazy. I do think a lot of people struggle, though, with, first of all, knowing what they want, let alone how to ask for it, Mm -hmm. and, and people get stuck. How do you advise people to know what they want and then how to get unstuck? Well, I always say get out of your logical brain, spend some time alone in nature or wherever your happy place is, And just act as though you have a magic wand. And if you did, what would your life look like? What would you be doing? Mm -hmm. You know, what do you love to do? And if you don't even know what that is, then it's time to work deeper and deeper, which it's true for a lot of people because a lot of women spend so much time supporting so many other people that never even stop to think about what do you want? Mm -hmm. I know because when I say, what do you want? They look at me like I have three heads. I know, (laughs) oh, you're one of me. And so it's really about giving yourself permission to dream big and then allowing yourself to say it out loud. That's the biggest thing. I think a lot of women dream about things and have these ideas, but they don't say them out loud because once they're out loud, then 
pressure's on. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Someone's going to say, oh, that's a bad idea. Or even worse, someone's going to say, that's a great idea. Let's do it. And now you have to step up to a whole new level. And now you, you just spoke up. Now you have to show up and you have to be seen and you have to commit. And I feel for me, a lot of my story of, oh, there's no time for me on stage or oh, whatever it was with Jack also allowed me to be a little bit of a slacker hmm. and it was way less stressful sure. because I always knew he was there and he always had my back. And so when I started doing those things on my own, the first workshop I ever did on my own, I called him, I said, I don't ever want to do this again with women. They're really high maintenance. I just want to come home. <laughs> I said, You're not in Kansas anymore, Toto. And, um, and that was just a little women's retreat. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. It's a new level of responsibility. It's a new level of commitment to ourselves to not just get brave once and then go run and hide in your room and Netflix, but to have to be brave every single day. It's a different level of consciousness and growth and it takes practice. And yes, it will be scary. Anyone listening, it will be scary. But if you're not scaring yourself, you're slacking. I love that. Well, I think permission granted certainly became your mantra after your mother says you're not going to hide behind that man. I didn't raise a, a daughter to be invisible. <laughs> Besides your latest book, you have so many wonderful programs and offerings and courses that really do help women show up, stand up and speak up. And we're going to share that link uh, shortly with people. And in addition to that, you have also started a global platform called Goal Friends. I love uh -huh. that title. Share with us what that's all about. I met a woman, Darlene Whitehurst, who is the founder. I met her at one of our high-end luxury retreats in Hawaii when we had our house in Maui. And she came in with this workbook that said Goal Friends, and it had this giant red stiletto on it. I was like, what is that? And Chicken Soup was, was almost over, and where we were almost sold. And, and I said, when I'm ready, I want to help you with that. The last 11 years... I've been working with this crazy lady that I love. She's one of my best friends. I'm the chief visionary officer for the company. And we have finally gotten it. It used to be little pods of women. And we're still doing that a little bit. But with COVID, it all kind of changed. And mm -hmm. she always said, I really want this to be a nonprofit. I really want to make a bigger difference. We decided to go the nonprofit route. And now we are teaching women in prison how to create girlfriends groups. And so we have two test pilots right now in Virginia we're giving them their PhG instead of D. Ah. These women that are inmates are then getting certified and they're certifying other women. And it's all about making a bucket list and setting goals, the power of intention. There's a little bit of neuroscience in there. And so that's kind of the route that's going right now. Our big vision for that is to have it there, to have it be a patch you can get if you're a Girl Scout get it in high schools and colleges, but understanding the power of intention and goal setting. And, and so we have something that we call the philosophy of success. And so we have all these G words. If you don't like it, give it a golectomy. <laughs> you know, so, and Darlene is like, she owns an ad agency. So she's one of the most creative women on the planet. And we have just had the most insane, fun, crazy ups and downs and all arounds. I mean, it's like reinventing chicken soup all over again. I'm like, I know better. How did I oh do that again? Gosh. It's really fun. It's really impactful. What a powerful program. Really extraordinary. Yeah. You just used the word visionary a moment ago. And I know that you are a visionary. You like to live five years out. And you have said that this stage of your career in your life, you're in your third act. 
So what does the fourth act look like, Patty? Well, funny that you ask. I have a call next with um, some television people, and we may be doing a show around Permission Granted. I love it. Yeah. I can't wait to hear more about that. That's awesome. Yeah, that's kind of all I can say at this point. But what I would say is that I had this vision, and I shared it with a couple friends of mine that came up to Santa Barbara when I was there. And he's a a director and he came back to Nashville a month later and said, I want to show you something. And he showed me this amazing sizzle reel that he had put together of my vision all because I shared my vision. I didn't ask for it. It was a gift. I sent it out to just a couple people who said, Oh my gosh, this is one of the best sizzle reels I've ever seen. And I watched them every single day all because I was willing to share what I thought the future could look like. You gave yourself permission to Mm -hmm. share, right? Exactly. And it's so important to share your goals and your vision and your dreams with other people because you never know who can help you. And there's almost always someone out there that can say, let me help with that. And like we were talking earlier, you know, how do you feel when you get to help someone? You feel great. Mm -hmm. As women, we're robbing other people of that same experience by not asking and allowing them to help us too. Where does your inspiration come from? The shower. I have no idea. (laughs) No. (laughs) I, I like a beautiful wine. People probably think I cook crack in my house because I have flipboards all over the windows. I'm just really, really passionate about women 30 on to really take a look at their life and look at how much potential they have. If they don't find that cheerleading squad to cheer them on, they could miss it because we all need to have that. And I've done it for others and I've done it well. And now it's time for me to do it on a bigger level, not just for myself, but for women around the world. Mm. And that's my mission. Is there anything missing in your life, Patty? Probably a new studio. (laughs) (laughs) No, I have a wonderful life. My kids are grown. They run my husband's company. My husband flies back and forth. So do I. Just got back from St. Bart's with my best friend. My sister's here with my little dog that my mother-in-law left me when she passed away. I'm exercising. I'm, I'm, I'm really in this phase of my life. I can't do the take my advice. I'm not using it. I really have to do the work. And when you do the work, the work works and life gets really fun and interesting and and deep and amazing. And I just love it. You've reinvented, you've recreated some amazing chapters for yourself. What does it mean to live your best life and the advice you want to share with others so that they live their best life? I think for me, what it means is appreciating the differences, you know, staying out of the judgment zones with yourself and with others. And really surrounding yourself with people that aren't afraid of your vision, that aren't afraid of who you might become, that love you so much they're willing to cheer you on. And when you can be authentic and transparent and visible, then you can live the best life that God put you on this planet to live. So true. I invite all of you to get Patty's new book, Permission Granted. You will no doubt find yourself in many of the women's stories. And to learn more about Patty and her fabulous programs, just go to pattyaubrey.com. That's P-A-T-T-Y-A-U-B-E-R-Y.com. Patty, thank you for sharing your wisdom with us and encouraging us to give ourselves permission. <laughs> You're welcome. Anytime. And thanks to all of you for listening. If Patty's story has resonated with you, I invite you to write a review and also to share this podcast episode with your friends. May we all give ourselves permission to be our best authentic selves and to live our best life. Until next time, be well.
This podcast is brought to you in part by Fast Twitch Media, helping people tell their stories, giving them worldwide reach. The future is in the cloud, and Fast Twitch Media can take you there. Be your best digital self. Check out fasttwitchmedia.space. Thank you.